Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the restoration. And folks, I'm very excited to bring back our show and tell segment with Brent Ashworth. This is a book, uh, by the way, that we're kind of basing it on a little bit, Show and Tell, a unique journey through history from the life of Brent Ashworth. And this book was written by Tracy McFarland Fieldstead. And, uh, and so we're kind of basing it on that. Uh, Brent, welcome back to the program. How are you doing today? Good, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, sir. Been really busy, but I'm loving every minute of this, and I'm so glad and so excited. And I will tell you, folks, many of you know, for months now, people have been getting on me. Where are you going to do more Brent Ashworth stuff? Where are you going to do more Brent Ashworth stuff? And I've had people, I actually had a bigger tonight from the Church of Jesus Christ say, one of my favorite segments is when you talk to that guy with all the collections and stuff. And of course, Chris Thomas, of the author of the book, A Pentecostal Reads the Book of Mormon, is an uber fan of these segments. So I'm doing this for all of you who love these programs. So Brent, what is going to be, I have no idea what you're going to pull in front of the camera. What's it going to be this time, sir? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up a book called, it's called Houston's Inquiry and the Experiments of Blood. Okay. <laughs> and uh, prior to the first vision, probably the uh, earliest story we have of the prophet Joseph Smith deals with uh, his leg, which was almost amputated. Uh, but uh, due to uh, the brilliance of a doctor by the name of Nathan Smith and a team of others uh, who just happened to be in the neighborhood, which is pretty uh, dramatic in our history. Uh, Lucy Mack writes about this and the prophet wrote about it later. Um, his leg was saved uh, through a, a medical miracle that uh, only Nathan Smith in the United States knew how to do at the time. And the procedure was a hundred years earlier than it was than it was uh, started to be used uh, for later in the early 1900s. Anyway, uh, this is a book from Nathan Smith's library. It's the only one I know of. It's the only signature I know of Nathan Smith. There it is. Oh wow! Look at that. Experimental inquiries into the properties of blood, and that is Nathan Smith's signature. Fascinating. Smith's signature. It's the only known signature we have of him, uh, one of the few of his uh, books that we can identify as uh, having been from his medical library. Uh, and the, the story of Nathan Smith and Joseph Smith is a rather remarkable one. Um, but prior to the first vision, it's probably the most famous story <laughs> dealing with Joseph's growing up years. Like I say, Lucy Mack wrote about it. And then uh, later, uh, Joseph wrote it in his history. A little about it, but typhus fever was uh, going all through New England at the time, and uh, all of uh, Nathan Smith's children got it. He he was a researcher on it, um, and uh, <clears throat> four of his children recovered as a result of it. Um, but uh, he started Dartmouth Medical School. Uh, he also uh, helped with the uh, creation of several other medical schools throughout uh, New England uh, in the early. Uh, 19th century. I uh, was a brilliant man, uh, but he had actually studied osteomyelitis, uh, the disease that was at the, at the um, uh, uh, basis of, uh, of what uh, hit Joseph Smith's family. All of Joseph Smith's children supposedly got it. Uh, Sophronia was uh, really bad for months. Um, and uh, with uh, young Joseph, uh, he, uh, he had a, a sore that was lanced uh, 
uh, on his uh, chest, as I recall, uh, which gave, according to Lucy Mack, gave a quart quart worth of uh, uh, worth of pus or stuff that came out of it. But then thereafter, it uh, centered on his uh, on his leg, and um, uh, it was extremely painful. Uh, doctors were called to this uh, farmer's house at the time, uh, and a group of them decided that uh, well, the best recourse is to amputate the leg. Well, that's not what the parents wanted to hear, and uh, uh, Lucy Mack claims that she uh, was against that totally at the beginning. Um, Young uh, Joseph was obviously against losing his leg. He's quite athletic and so on. And uh, the father, uh, uh, Joseph Sr., was very uh, abruptly upset over all of this. Anyway, during the course of things, uh, Nathan Smith stepped forward with his new ideas to uh, how they might preserve the leg by cutting out uh, that portion of the bone which was infected. And, uh, and so, uh, they followed that procedure, but Joseph agreed to it uh, only on account of them moving his mother out of the room and uh, that his father hold him. They wanted to tie him up, tie him down originally and give him uh, alcohol, which was uh, common at the time, uh, but uh, he didn't want the alcohol, he didn't want to be tied down, but he said, look, my father can hold me and uh, uh, get mother out of the room. Those are his two conditions. And so, uh, they did. Uh, now, whether Nathan performed the operation or one of the other team of doctors, we're not sure, but we know that it was his, his ideas that they followed. And as a result of it, uh, uh, there was, uh, of course, um, Lucy walks out about 100 yards, she says, from the house when she heard the first scream and ran back in. And Joseph tells her mother, now get, get out of here. Uh, and uh, uh, his father continued to, uh, to hold him down. His father was in tears. But um, uh, they got through the ordeal and uh, uh, bone fragments were removed. Over time, uh, another uh, dozen fragments supposedly were worked themselves out of this wound. And ultimately Joseph's uh, leg was saved. Although he, uh, <clears throat> he was on crutches for a long period of time and he always had a limp <clears throat> for the rest of his life. So he didn't know about his limp. That was, uh, was uh, uh, from this uh, operation as a young boy. But uh, <clears throat> the book really has nothing to do with this operation other than just it's the earliest and one of the only known signatures we have of Nathan Smith who performed this operation. And um, no relation to the Smith family. They've done all kinds of genealogy and haven't been able to uh, uh, tie the two Smiths together. But a uh, brilliant guy way ahead of his time and uh, saved the prophet's leg. The question has been asked, if his leg had not been saved, would he have turned into the religious figure uh, that he eventually became? And I think that's a question that could be argued, but uh, mm -hmm. very it was very providential and uh, a great blessing, not only to uh, the Smith family, but I think to uh, mankind that his leg was saved. Wow, so I have a few questions about the book, but I also have, but I wanna talk a little bit about this the story of Joseph Smith. Now, around what age was he when this surgery was uh, performed? Uh, well, this was done in uh, uh, 1813. So Joseph was uh, basically seven, eight years old. He was quite young. And uh, this is interesting because, you know, I talk to people who often talk about like the effects of having some kind of trauma like that done to you as a young child, yeah. how it could affect you as the person that you are 
later in life. You know, I've, I've heard people speculate about that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it's, you know, and other people have said, well, these are stories that were added on. He wasn't as brave or, or the whole, they added things. They didn't do word of wisdom then. And maybe he did alcohol. What do you think about some of those who say that maybe some of the store early stories of his injury might be apocryphal or later uh, inventions? Well, this one was even referred to by Nathan Smith in his later, uh, in his later biography. He, he didn't, he passed over it with uh, many others. He didn't say a lot about it, but then he did talk about it. He mentioned it. And the fact that uh, Dr. Smith, who had such a renowned, uh, and was not LDS, uh, but uh, was a very well-known uh, surgeon doctor and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, founded several medical colleges, including Dartmouth, uh, was so highly thought of and renowned, he wanted to mention that, uh, that he'd saved the life of the young Joseph Smith. And I think that's, that's an important, certainly the family corroborated it. Lucy Mack talks about it. Lucy Mack even tries to take credit for the idea of taking the bones out. <laughs> uh, but uh, maybe, she, maybe she came up with something like that. But it's really Smith uh, whose ideas prevailed. Um, incidentally, when, when uh, Smith was originally with this group of doctors there, he originally uh, told the family the leg will probably have to be amputated. And there's been some uh, discussion that perhaps knowing that he was going to try this other procedure that uh, maybe if he told them that first they'd agree to uh, this uh, pretty rough operation at that time. Uh, but regardless, that, that did proceed. And, uh, and uh, we know that Joseph wrote about it in his history later too. So you say that Nathan Smith wrote about this. Uh, yeah, he mentioned, he mentioned and, it. And did he know at this point, was Joseph Smith a, a public, a known figure when he referred no, he to was him? just a young farmer's son. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and when did Nathan Smith write that book? Uh, by, do you know? In his life, I don't, I don't recall when, okay. but it was, uh, it was later as he was looking back over his distinguished career. He just happened to mention this operation among others. By that time, Joseph was quite well known, of course. Oh, so you're saying that he would have known who Joseph Smith was? Or did he, this guy even, this Nathan no, Smith, not, did he not, make a connection? Not until many years later. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. okay. Um, Wow, yeah, that's that's really a great find. Um, first of all, that book. Uh, when was that book published that you that you showed us at the beginning? Uh, well, it was. Uh, this book was published in 1772. It's a medical text by Dr. William Hewson, a prominent British medical researcher. But uh, we know it was part of Nathan Smith's library. So. And, and was that the, that book considered to be like an important medical book that a lot of doctors would It was use? important for that era. Yeah. So. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess then the most obvious question comes is, of course, you are a collector. And you love to find and track things down. Of course, you're a collector of Americana and many other different things. But our se segments focus on those dealing with the restoration. How, um, how would you have even known how to even look for that book, and how did you come across it? Well, uh, I had uh, actually some help because uh, there was uh, uh, there were some uh, there was a medical uh, uh, auction that came up many many years ago. I forgot exactly who who did it, and this is book book just happened to be in there, and the uh, uh, the uh, people that wrote the auction up knew who Nathan Smith was. So uh, they, they, they didn't mention Joseph Smith, but they mentioned how he'd started Dartmouth College and all that. I knew the rest of the story. So uh, just putting two, to, two, to, two and two together. 
Uh, it was uh, it was a pretty important find at the time. Uh, incidentally, there's a uh, there's a book uh, you may or may not have seen it, but some of your uh, people might have wanted to see it. It's called oh, yeah. 50 Relics: Casey Griffiths, yep. The Restoration." It's by uh, Tracy Gr or Casey Griffiths, Mary Jane Woodger. Uh, they picked 50 items from uh, LDS history, both uh, in uh, they're among the uh, uh, Community of Christ, the church, our church, and so on. Uh, the first item in the book is this Nathan Smith book. Uh, so uh, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting that they would pick that, probably because it's uh, early in his life and it's a, it was a rare find. Yeah, yeah. Now, how would we know? Since you say that's the only known, if correct well, me, if I'm, but the only known signature of Nathan Smith, how 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 would we go about verifying that that was indeed him? Well, there, there, I'm sorry on that. There are other signatures, but there uh, this is the only one that we know of that's been in private hands. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, okay. We do know what his signature looks like. And then when did you, uh, what year did you, uh, did you know about this book previously or did you? Uh, I just, uh, like I say, I take a lot of, uh, I go to a lot of auctions uh, and so on. I don't do as many anymore. This was probably about 35 years ago. It's been a long time. So that's I been in your collection for 30, 35 years? Well, I've been collecting for 66. Right. So uh, that's only about half my, half my <laughs> time back. I've been collecting since I was seven. So um, I've been looking for LDS stuff uh, since I was seven. You know my story pretty much. You know, I, some items of my grandmother's that led me to some Heber J. Grant letters and that got me started. And um, unfortunately, most of her stuff was burned but one box was saved and there were 12 letters of Heber J. Grant and his statement uh, on uh, uh, our purpose, you know, of sticking to our purpose and so on. And so, um, uh, uh, that got me interested as a collector in wanting to get something personal dealing with all of the profits. This uh, this book has been my collection at least 35 years, long time. So. Huh. I uh, I just, I can't imagine 60 years of collecting. Um, how, how are you able to keep track of everything? Well, I don't. That's the problem. <laughs> when the Lord talks about matter disorganized. That's my collection. But we know we've got well over a million items. And um, uh, we're trying to uh, f uh, bring some people together to build a museum uh, for it. Uh, we think it'd be nice if that was a possibility. Um, I continue to give uh, items to institutions, uh, LDS Church, uh, um, got some items for them tomorrow they're coming down i've got uh, byu coming this week for some things so we're constantly doing uh things university of utah i deal with a uh, number of other institutions we've helped with even um, exhibits at the u.s supreme court for the 200th anniversary of the constitution back in 87 so we've done a lot of those kind of things i've done five exhibits for glenn beck uh down in dallas one and one here I've got one on November 11th coming up, incidentally, um, uh, which is uh, with uh, Tim Ballard, for those of you that know know who Tim is. We're doing that on Veterans Day. And uh, so it'll be about the pilgrims and about uh, uh, US history. So it'll be a lot of fun. But we do those all the time. And those often lead to other items. Uh, so uh, it's, been, it's, been a, uh, it's been kind of a full-time avocation. It's, it's, uh, outside of my legal career over the years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you know, the story of jo young Joseph and uh, is such a poignant story. And it is really a, a foundational story to Mormonism. 
um, you know, because it shaped him and he became, the man that he became was, was shaped partly by that happening. And you had mentioned earlier how you felt like it was divine providence that enabled this boy to be exposed to a surgery that really wouldn't be, that was way ahead of its time. And that, that would, you would look at that as a providential thing that the Lord's hand was involved in this process as a faithful Latter-day Saint. Um, that, that must make you feel like, like there's a degree of like, this is just one more confirmation of the, of the truth, the truth claims of your movement. Well, I, I think so too. I mean, if he, uh, you know, if he lost that leg, I don't know if he would have had that probably not kind of influence that he'd had later. I mean, that was a major, that was a major thing at that early age in his life. And it was a major thing for their family too. I think their whole family, uh, grouped around him. The, the story goes that uh, his big brother Hiram constantly rubbed that leg, constantly spent time with his brother over that. His mother mentions that throughout her history. Um, we see the relationship between uh, Hiram and Joseph. And uh, uh, we know that when their, their older brother died that he told uh, Hiram to take care of the family, to take care of, of uh, you know, the other children. So Hiram uh, and Joseph seem seemed uh, very close. Uh, and I think that incident had a lot to do with uh, the closest they developed later in their, in their lives. And you know, him rubbing the leg constantly probably helped with the circulation. One more thing that if people didn't maybe even know that, but he right. was helping him with that, with the massaging as well. Uh, he was just very attentive, big brother, trying to help his little brother through a whole horrible situation. And that is the thing, folks. You know, Back then, people with disabilities were treated very poorly by society and were not afforded opportunities that they are today. So yeah, Joseph, Joseph Smith, a disabled Joseph Smith probably wouldn't have become the prophet Joseph Smith. That's what I'm thinking, it would've been tough. Yeah, would've been, would've been very tough. Well, you know, I, uh, Brent, I so thoroughly enjoy, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with this book in particular, or, or are we good on that? I think we're good on it. It's just a simple and a powerful story of faith. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds right. So uh, Brent, thank you so much for coming for another segment of Show and Tell. Again, it's a kind of based on, we're basing it on this book, Show and Tell. And, uh, you know, folks, uh, I, I look forward to getting some of your comments. Maybe we could uh, talk about what you think about what would have happened if Joseph Smith had been amputated. Do you think he would have been a prophet? Or do you think that the divine providence was involved in Joseph Smith's uh, recovery uh, from this uh, terrible uh, thing? Um, and I just want to remind my audience also to don't forget to go look in the description uh, if you wish to support our channel via PayPal or Patreon, as well as our merch store, mormonbookreviews.com. You can buy hats, you can buy coffee mugs, which is always fun. And uh, also don't forget to uh, hit the, uh, to like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification button for when a new episode comes out. And just remember folks, all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.